stretch our legs just for a few minutes uh, in honor of the reading of God's word. And we're going to pick up in verse 37. And we're going to look at a group of people that resembles us today, if we could. I think it's important when you read your Bible uh, to look in there and see ourselves. Uh, God wants us to learn from others' uh, prosperity and then also learn from their mistakes. And this morning we're going to look at a people that were gathered together for a church service much like this one here on the day of Pentecost. This is the early church that we're reading about and we're going to follow in their footsteps a little bit today and see how we can learn from their example and what God did in their lives. Verse 37, Acts 2, the Bible says, now when they heard this, we're talking about the preaching there that Peter was preaching, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Let me just stop right there and tell you, boy, when the word of God's being preached or maybe taught in a Sunday school class, maybe you're reading it at home and you're reading that word of God and the Holy Spirit convicts you, the best thing you can do in the world is ask, what should we do? What do I need to do? When God deals with your heart, you ought to ask that question, what shall we do? Verse 38, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off and even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now look down to verse number 41. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Boy, can you imagine being in a church service like that. The Bible says, verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There's a lot there. We'll try to cover it as quick as we can, but let's pray and ask the Lord for his help. Lord, I thank you today for your word. Thank you, Father, for this church that we're reading about, how we desire you work in our church today as you work then. I believe, Father, you desire to. Lord, I have no doubt today, Lord, there's needs in this building that need to be met. Lord, not just from visitors, but maybe our church folks. Maybe there's a worry, a doubt, or a fear. Maybe there's someone here today who's lost and needs to be saved. I pray you'd work today in our service. Help us, Lord, as we preach. Give us liberty. Give us clarity. Help us, Father, not be distracted, but that your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I was reading a while back about some statistics about just how special we are as humans, all right? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't always feel special. Anybody else in here not feel special every once in a while? All right, I'm going to try to help you feel special as we introduce the message just a little bit. The mathematicians out in our world have said that the odds of you and I being born, the people that we have been born as, are one in 400 quadrillion. All right, I've never counted that high. I don't ever plan to count that high. I have a calculator. There's no need for that. And I don't have that many toes on my feet to get up to 400 quadrillion. But it's 14, it's 1-4 and 14 zeros behind it. Now, here's what that means. That means who you are, how you think, what you look like, the ways that you have about you are so individualized and specific to yourself 
you are one of 400 quadrillion. Now, understand this. Now, look, your spouse may not always appreciate you, but you just remind them, you're one of 400 trillion. All right? Now, sometimes, you look, you may hear somebody bragging on their spouse, and they'll say, well, my husband or my wife is one in a million. Hey, you step right up behind them, and you one-up them and tell them, well, the mathematicians and scientists have said that I'm one of 400 quadrillion, all right? Uh, so when your wife calls you an average husband, you tell her, I'm not average, I'm one 400 quadril quadrillion, all right? Now, here's what that means. Although we may have similar tastes, some of you may be like me, you enjoy Taco Bell, all right? I enjoy it because it's cheap. Uh, and I enjoy it just because I like tacos and burritos. We may have similar interests, but we're very much unique, all right? Some of you may have the same hobbies as other people. Maybe you hunt, somebody else in this room hunts. Uh, maybe some of you ladies, you have hobbies, you like to shop. And some of you other ladies, you like to shop, okay? Uh, maybe you don't like to shop. But I'm sure you'll find similarities between you and someone else in this room. But the truth of the matter is this morning, each and every one of us are made unique by God, okay? As a matter of fact, some of our teenagers here, some of our guys on the front row, they've taken unique to a whole nother level. They've crossed the road from new unique to just flat out weird sometimes. Uh, I mean, they're that unique, okay? They are weird. One of our teenagers the other day, I won't call Walker's name, but uh, he came in my office and brought me a buffalo chicken flavored soda, a drink, okay, a Coke here in the South, okay, buffalo chicken flavored. I'm thinking to myself, that's not unique, that's just weird. Uh, Walker, wherever you're at, I haven't drank it yet. I'm still just looking at it, trying to think, if I drink that, am I going to turn out like Walker? I mean, that's probably what the problem is. He's crossed the line from being one quadrillion to cross the line from being unique to just being weird. All right, now, what am I getting at with all of that this morning? Well, I want you to think about this. Regardless of who you are and where you're from and what you've done, God has given each and every one of us a very unique opportunity. All right? It's no mistake that you were born when you were born. It's no mistake that you look like what you look like. It's no mistake that God has placed you here on this earth and in this life for such a time as this. That's not a mistake. I believe God is sovereign. I believe that God is omnipotent, that God puts people where he wants them, when he wants them, but then it's up to you and I to figure out why did God make me and put me where he put me. Now this morning we're going to look at something along that line if we could because the chance that each and every one of us have is very unique. The opportunity that God has given us. Do you know that God wants to do something for you in this service today that is unique to you? God's got something in your heart, in your, your life, he wants to do today. But we've got to be about the business of figuring out what God wants to do. Could I beg you this morning, before we even get into the message, go ahead and surrender your heart and your life to whatever it is that God wants to do. If you're here today and you're lost, go ahead and decide, look, God shows me that I'm lost, I'm going to get saved today. Greatest decision you could ever make. Oh, you sleep so much better when you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Look, even when tornadoes are around, you know that, hey, God forbid I lose my life. I have put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know that I'm going to heaven. The Bible says you can know that you have eternal life. If you're here this morning and you're saved and you've trusted Christ, do you think that God's going to let you come to his house with not wanting to do some work in your life? God wants to do something today. We've got to figure out what God wants to do and take advantage of the chance that he's given us. Now, this morning in Acts chapter 2, we're looking at some people just like us. 
Acts chapter 2, we're not going to read all of it, but here they are preaching at the day of Pentecost. They're in a church service. Toward the end of the preaching in verse 37, the Bible says, now when they, speaking of the church that's spoken about in verse 47, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You know what they started thinking about? What does God want us to do? God has spoke to us through his word. You know, every time God's word is open, whether you open it and read it at your house, maybe you're listening to it going down the road. Maybe you're listening to, my wife listens to the Bible on audio when she's getting dressed, and therefore I get to listen to it too. Sometimes I even get good sermon ideas, amen? Listen to my wife, listen to the Bible. Alexander Scorby reads it so well with his accent. It sounds better than I do with my southern Mississippi drawl. You'd be sitting there listening to it, and the word of God, you know what it does? The Bible says it pierces deep. The Bible says the word of God goes down into our heart and it brings to light the change that God wants to bring. Now, whether you realize this or not this morning, none of us are exactly the way we need to be. We could always be more of what God would desire us to be. But the question is, are we going to allow God to change us through the chance that he gives us? Here we are today in God's house, just like these people in Acts 2. You know what God wants to do? He wants to change us. And he's going to give us a chance. And do you know this morning, the outcome of our life will be determined by the opportunities that we took. Think about that. The outcome of who we are and what we accomplish in the cause of Christ and for the cause of Christ will be directly decided by the opportunities that we were presented to by God and what we did with them. I watched a documentary this week. Uh, on a man by the name of Howard Schultz. You may know Howard Schultz. If you don't know him, you've probably helped make him rich. Back in the 1970s and 80s, Howard Schultz desired to make drinking coffee more of an experience, right? Uh, you know, back in the olden days, you drink your coffee going about your business, but now drinking coffee is an experience. They even put you pretty little pictures there in the foam on your coffee. I'll be honest with you. I like the foam myself. I like a little bit of cream in there. Maybe a little bit of that marshmallow flavor in there. I enjoy that. Howard Schultz decided, you know what? I believe there's an opportunity to make coffee an experience, not just a drink. And so he set out, took the opportunity, he took the chance, and developed Starbucks coffee. Now, you may not drink Starbucks coffee, but Charles uh, Howard Schultz is a very wealthy man. you know why? He was presented with a chance, and he took it. I think about Sam Walton. He believed that you could provide a quality product, a variety of products, at an affordable price. He set out and created Walmart. You see, the outcome was directly beside, decided by the opportunity that he took. Now, understand this this morning. As a child of God, your outcome, my outcome, whether you're lost or saved today, understand this. Our outcome will be determined by what we did with our opportunities. Here we are today like these people in Acts chapter 2. We're gathered together for a church service. Now, God's going to give us an opportunity through his word. Here's the question. What are we going to do with the opportunity? You see, at some point, God gives you chance after chance after chance, chances to get saved, chances to get right, chances to ask for forgiveness, chances to grow a little more, chances to be more faithful. But do you know why we don't have the outcomes that we desire? We haven't taken the chance. Now, here we are today in church. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful to be here myself. Here's the question. What are we going to do with our chance today? We've come to church 
we know God wants to do something. God's word is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. By the way, aren't you glad it says his word is, not the preacher is? <laughs> you say, well, our, our pastor sure isn't quick. He sure isn't sharp and he sure isn't powerful. Hey, I'll give you that one this morning. But the word of God is. And I'm thankful this morning that God provides us opportunities and gives us chances through his word. Here's the question once again. What are you going to do with the chance God gives you today? Here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid in the church in America we've gotten distracted from the opportunities that God presents and the chances that God has given us. Our country's not in the shape it's in this morning because we've been obedient to what God has for us. I believe we are missing our chances. Now, could I beg you of this before I give you the first thing this morning? Don't miss the chance that God wants to give you today. I don't know what it is. I don't know how God's going to prick your heart. He said in verse 37, they heard the word, they were pricked in their heart. I don't know what God wants to do in your heart, but I hope God wants to do something in mine today. I hope God does something in mine today. But here's the question. When God gives us a chance, will we take it? This morning, if you were lost and on your way to hell today, I don't know you. I don't know your heart. I know what you might tell me, but I can't tell. Only you and God know that. If God were to give you the chance to get saved today, would you get saved? Would you take the chance? He said, well, I'm already saved and I'm in the will of God. If God gave you a chance to grow a little bit today, would you take the chance? Here's the message today that I believe God would have us to look at for the next few minutes, all right? Let's look at the subject of taking a chance at church. Taking a chance at church. Now, this morning, whether you're a member or a visitor, I believe the only hope for our homes, our children, the only hope for the hub city, you know what I believe it is? For God's people to start taking a chance. When God gives us an opportunity, let's take full advantage of that. And there's three things. Our people know it's usually three things. There's three things I want you to see about these people and the chances that they took after having church together. Notice the first thing in verse number 41. The Bible says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. The same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, Notice God's giving them a chance. They've come to church. He's pricked their hearts. They're asking, what do we do? The Bible says they gladly received his word. But then I want you to look down, if you would, verse 46. These next two verses where we'll spend the rest of the message today. Verse 46, the Bible says, and they continuing daily. Continuing daily. Daily. So notice, not only did God give them the opportunity to be saved, the Bible says that after they got saved, God gave them a chance to continue. This morning, could I ask you this? Number one, look, God wants us to take the chances that he gives us when he comes to church. And one of the greatest chances that he offers to us when we come to church and we hear the word of God preached is God is giving us a chance to continue. Look what he said in verse 46. And they continuing daily. Now, I believe throughout the years, the church has become a place that we come to, not who we are. You know, this is not the church this morning. This is our church building. I'm thankful for it. It's a beautiful building. I'm thankful for the folks who worked hard uh, to build it and to pay for it, that we could have it, for, uh, have it here today. But do you understand this morning, this is not the church. This is the church. Church is not something that we come to. The church is who we are. Here's what I fear this morning. I fear that the church has become a place that we just come to, not a place that we continue in. I believe this morning one of the greatest opportunities every one of us are going to get today is God's going to give us the opportunity and the chance to continue. Now, what does that mean? That means, hey, we're not done yet. 
There's not a one of us in here this morning that are exactly where the Lord would have us to be. There's growing that God desires we do. And the reason this morning, watch, our homes are failing. Our children are failing. Our country's failing. It's because God gives us the chance to continue and we miss the opportunity. We don't take the chance. Folks, when I come to the house of God, I know every time that I stand behind this pulpit to preach, God has something for me. The old song I sang as a kid, didn't sing it very well, but I know I sang it as a kid. He's still working on me. Amen? To make me what I ought to be. What's the song say? It took him just a week to make the moon and the star. I'm not going to sing it for you. Some of you are smiling like, go ahead and do it. I'm not going to do it, okay? Don't want to quench the spirit. It didn't take him long to make the moon and the stars, but I want you to know I'm not where I need to be yet. And thank God that by his grace, I can continue to become what he would have me be. By the way, that's one of the greatest ministries of the church. We go out and we win the world, try to win them to Christ. You know what our burden is here at Central Baptist Church? I pray it's the burden of every member in this building this morning that we win the hub city to Christ. We gave out gospel tracts yesterday. All week long, we've been sharing Christ with people, trying to win our city to Christ. But after that, can I tell you one of the greatest ministries of the church? Do you know why you ought to be involved in a good church? Because church is where God gives you a chance to continue. So often we miss out on what God would desire to do in our life because we get out of the place where God wanted to grow us and where God wanted to build us. 2 Peter 3.18, the Bible says this, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice what it says, but grow in grace. My daughter will turn 16 years old uh, this upcoming week. Uh, I hate the thought of that, to be honest with you. I, she left her phone on my desk the other day, and the alarm started going off. Miss Pam, I think you helped shut the alarm off because it was driving Miss Pam nuts on my desk. Beep, beep, beep. I was out of the office and kept beeping. You know what the alarm said? Driving lessons with Dad. I'm like, no. No. Maybe if she doesn't drive, she can never leave home. Yes, don't report me, okay? I'm gonna, you're like, man, that kid's kid. Miley, are you being held hostage? You know, raise two fingers, you know, blink one eye. No, she's not being held hostage. Oh, the thought of my daughter growing up, she's the only one I got. And I tell you all the time, some of you got spares. I don't. That's it. When she's gone, that's it. And no, I don't want one of yours. <laughs> well, I'll give you one of mine. I don't want one of yours. But you know, in the, every morning she gets up, she wakes herself up, she goes in, gets herself dressed, she packs her own lunch, gets herself ready. Do you know she didn't do that when she was born? Man, I wish that kid, six months old, would get up and warm that bottle. My wife, wake up, wake up. You had her. No, I didn't say that, okay? I'm still living. I'd go in there and try to warm that bottle up for her, you know, trying to keep my eyes squinted long enough just to stay asleep. It never happened. I stayed awake there after I gave her the bottle. But man, she has continued to grow. I'm so thankful. She fixes her own lunch. Before long, 10, 12 years, she'll be driving herself to college, you know? She'll be growing a little bit. What is she doing? She's continuing. Do you know that's the will of your heavenly father? Our Heavenly Father desires that we take every chance that we can to do what? To continue. God doesn't want us to stay spiritual babes. That's one of the greatest ministries of the church. That's why you ought to find you a good church, get involved in it. Why? Because each and every one of us need to continue. 
And our Heavenly Father wants to give us the opportunity to do just that. I think about our commercials that we see sometimes on television. Uh, I try not to watch infomercials. You know, I hate somebody hollering at me all the time. And all the God's people said, amen. You're like, yeah, you do that all the time. I'm just excited about it, okay? This is life-changing right here. Look, this is better than Flex Seal, all right? But, what, you know, they start two minutes into the commercial. And what do they say? But wait, there's more. I'm like, we know. It's a 30-minute commercial. I saw it on the channel guide. So I knew it wasn't, well, wait, we're going to give you two rolls for a small fee. Well, how, what is small in your world, man? You know, what's small in your world? Might not be small in my world. They always say, but wait, there's more. Can I tell you, that's the Christian life. No matter where you're at this morning, whatever stepping stone of growth you're at in the will of God for your life, can I tell you, the good news is, but wait, there's more. There's more that God has for you, and that's why it's important as the church, we're faithful to do what? To continue. God's got more for us today. I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for the opportunities of our church, but God's not done here yet. So how do you know that? Because we're still here. We're still here. Several years ago, we had a kid in our church in Louisiana on Father's Day, woke up, splotches all over his arm. Baby Justin was his name, or is his name. And uh, they immediately took him to the hospital, they rushed him to Baton Rouge, and immediately rushed him to St. Jude's up in Memphis, and realized he had leukemia. Baby Justin, sweet little kid, good friends of ours, nephew, was in our church. So over several days and weeks and months, we would drive back and forth to Memphis to visit baby Justin up there and uh, check on him. By God's grace, he's fully in remission, he's recovered, and he's playing t-ball now. See pictures of him out there in Louisiana playing ball, and God's really blessed that kid. And one of our trips up there, our friend says, have you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? I says, no, I have not. They say, you're going to love it. I says, look, you had me at steakhouse. I don't care if it's Brazilian, Patagonian, doesn't matter to me, Antarctican, I don't matter. If it's a steak, I want a piece of it, amen. Even if it's a round steak like a hot dog. I enjoy the ones from Sam's. They're pretty good. So we go in there, and number one, I thought this better be good because he paid for it ahead of time. We get there, it's $50, $60 a person, and we sit down at this table, and they give us all these nice little, uh, you know, starters, stuff that I couldn't pronounce, but it was good-looking food anyway. I look over to my right, and there's Eddie George, the former running back for the Tennessee Titans, sitting over beside me. I wanted to talk to him, but he never took his AirPods out, so I assumed that meant leave me alone, and so I left him alone. A few minutes after we finished our appetizers, this man walks out, and I kid you not, with a five-foot sword with meat on it. Walks over to my table, and I, whoa, you killed a good one there, buddy. Just a sword with a big old chunk of meat hanging off of it. And he says, would you like some? I says, what is that? He says, it's our filet. I'm like, well, yes, I, I enjoy filet. And so he took it, and he slid one of those filets off right on my plate, and man, it was so good. And I looked over at Brother Steve, and I said, man, that's one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. He says, sit still. I'm thinking, wow, what's going to happen? Is it dessert time? Here comes another gentleman out, and he also has a sword. I mean, swords and steaks. You can't find a better restaurant to represent America. Amen? Swords and steaks. I just loved it. Comes out. This guy has a sword with chickens on it. I'm like, wow, he got six with one shot, you know? Comes out. He comes out, pulls that chicken right off there. I'm like, man, that was, that was delicious. Some of the best chicken I've ever eaten in my life. He says, just wait. I'm like, surely not. They got more swords back there. <laughs> Guy comes back and he's got this sword and he's got lamb on his sword. You know what I found out? I found out the longer I continued there, 
the more they offered me. Have you ever eaten so much that you felt convicted? <laughs> I have. We're sitting there at my wife. After, I mean, I had eaten, I'd eaten duck and quail and steak and all of these wonderful meals that were there. And my wife says, all right, you're ready to go. I said, don't touch me. <laughs> it was that bad. There was a backup on the freeway, and I'm like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. It could, I mean, it could be bad. We're going to embarrass ourselves in front of Eddie George, okay? Don't do that. I had to sit there for a few minutes. They had this card that you would flip over. It was green, meant bring it on. And when it was red, it meant, oh, I'm done. I'm like, I'm never flipping that thing over. Just keep bringing it on, bringing it on, bringing it on. It came after a while. It went against everything of my personal convictions. I finally had to flip the card over. I'm tapping out. Here's the deal. The longer I stayed there, the more that I got. But I had to make the decision I was going to continue there. Can I tell you something? All the things God has for you is better than meat on a sword. But you've got to decide that when God gives me the chance, I'm going to continue in it. I don't want to miss a serving. I don't want to miss a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, or a Wednesday night. I don't know what God's going to bring out next. So what have I got to do? I've got to take the chance from church to continue in that. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Let's hurry. The Bible says, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Jude describes this continuing as a building, a building. You know, God's not done with us yet. There's a lot God wants to build in our lives. You know, our kids, I love these guys. I love the girls that are scattered throughout. Oh, there they are back there. The girls are backslidden. They're not on the front row. They went back to the third row. Guys, good job. Keep it up front. Amen. Maybe we'll get them back one day toward the front row. I'll pay a price for that one later. I'm sure my office is going to get rolled, all right? I love these guys. And there's some good guys. These are some good guys, all right? Uh, the other day, I, I got to go to an airsoft event with them, and that kind of scared me a little bit. But outside of that, they're pretty good guys. But God's got a work to build in their life. God wants to make them into something for his glory. But you know what the key is? they got to continue. Do you know, Mom and Dad, one of the, the key components to helping them continue is you continue. You've got to continue. The Bible says they received the word, but they didn't stop there in verse 46. They kept continuing daily. You ever wonder what God wants to build out of our young people? Look, I'm not saying they're all going to be preachers, but I'm saying they could be the godliest electrician you've ever met. Some of the greatest Christians I know are not preachers or missionaries. They are just faithful Christians at their workplace winning people to Christ. How did they get there? I'll tell you how. They continued. When God gives you the chance, take the chance to continue. Why? God wants to build something. We moved to Louisiana. We lived in a camper. I've told you that story before. And after a while, that camper got small. It was a very nice camper, but campers get small. I don't care how nice they are. Miley slept on the couch there in the, in the living room of the camper. And so there became a double-wide trailer that was available right around the corner for us to rent and live there. Leslie said, let's go look at it. And I said, uh, okay, let's go look at it. So we pulled around the corner. Weeds were kind of grown up. We'd heard stories about the house. Uh, but, you know, we'll just see when we get there. We opened the door. The linoleum is ripped up in a half moon shape, just ripped up. There's body-shaped holes in the wall. The bedroom was used as a dog pen kennel because the sheetrock had been dug out and the insulation and the carpet was nasty. The bedroom, there was a roll-top desk in there, which what looked to be restricted substances there on the desk, and, and there was something to smoke something over in the corner. I looked at my wife, and I says, no way. I'm not It was one of those buildings that you hold your nose until you get out of. My wife says, 
let's just give it a chance. No. Not living in a crack house. Not going to do it. It looked like that. It was horrible. I think there's people buried in the backyard. I'm not kidding. We walked in. I'm just like, don't touch nothing. It's horrible. She says, give it a chance. I'm like, no. She says, I think we could make something out of this. I'm like, no, I don't want to make anything out of it. I'll live in the camper the rest of my days if I have to. I don't want to live here. And then she pulls the spiritual card. Don't you hate it when your wife gets spiritual? Honey, have you prayed about it? No? My father's a king. He doesn't want me to live in a crack house. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. That's what I felt like. And so in our family altar time, we're praying, Lord, you just show us where to live anywhere but that crack house. <laughs> and you knew what God was going to do. I needed to be humbled a little bit. And so sure enough. So we do what every, every poor person does. We started going to dirt cheap to get building supplies to remodel our little, our little hole in the ground over there and just put down some new tile. We made a deal with a carpet company for a remnant piece of linoleum for $200 and laid it down and patched the sheetrock. And we bought one five-gallon bucket of paint from Dirt Cheap and painted the entire trailer with it. Look, if you keep adding water, it goes further that way, okay? So we just kept adding water and adding water. And after a while, it was more pickled than it was painted, but it worked all the same. And we lived happily there for two years, two and a half years. But you know what it took? Continuing work. Got to keep working on it. Keep working on it. Do you know this morning, sometimes as Christians, we're kind of like that house. We're not what we need to be, but oh, we could become so much more. But you've got to take the chance to continue. Don't quit on God. Here's this church, watch. Verse 37, they heard the preaching. Their heart was pricked. The Bible says, verse 41, they got saved. But then watch what they did. Verse 46, they continued daily. So number one, What's the chance you ought to take with church? Well, you ought to take the chance to continue. This is what God desires to do in our life. Number two, look down in verse 46 again. The Bible says they continuing daily with what? One accord in the temple. There's a second opportunity there that's really important, and you ought to take this to heart this morning. The Bible says they continued with what? One accord. Now, even though sometimes we read the Bible, here's what I think we do. I think we read the Bible thinking these are not red-blooded humans like us. You ever do that? Sometimes I think the Apostle Paul's blood was green. And he was a super Christian who was never tempted and never got angry or aggravated. No, Paul's blood was red just like mine and yours. We see people like Peter and we're like, okay, I can relate to Peter. But every person we read about in the Word of God was a normal human being just like us. They had desires. They had differences. God made them one quadrillionth of the world just like he made you and I one quadrillionth. They were all different. But watch what they're doing. It's bizarre. They're continuing daily with what? One accord. Now, these are people with different backgrounds, different interests, uh, interests and different experiences. But notice the Bible says they're continuing together in one accord. Can I tell you a chance you ought to take with church? Number two, take a chance to come together. The church gives us an opportunity to come together. I wish I had pictures this morning to show you of all that took place throughout this week across Hattiesburg. I'm so thankful for a church who has a heart for our town and wants to reach our town. Uh, we could not do everything that everybody wanted to do. We had people all over the city just sharing the good news of the gospel, sharing the love of Christ, and showing kindness. Oh, kindness is in short supply in America. And how fun was it to show kindness? 
What a blessing it was. My phone, I started getting pictures from people. Hey, we got to go here. And these people, we tried to encourage them and, and, and try to lift them up a little bit. And we went over here. And yesterday, I went to Hub Fest and saw all the folks out there and passing out gospel tracts. I mean, can I, I got to tell you this. I'll pick up Brother Richard for a second. He's like, oh, dear. Do you know that in, in that booth yesterday at Hub Fest, watch this. You're not going to believe me, but I'm not going to lie to you behind the pulpit. We had LSU fans and Alabama fans working in the booth at the same time, and nobody died. Nobody died. As far as I know, there weren't even elbows thrown. Nobody spit on anybody. Nobody thumped anybody's ear. Nobody popped anybody's tires. It was amazing. And then I look up, and I see people who are 16, and I see people who are in their 60s working together. I see people that have been saved a long, long time and see people who just got saved not too terribly long ago. And here are all these people with all of these backgrounds and they had come together for a common cause. Can I tell you a chance you ought to take with church? It's the chance that God gives us to come together. And to come together for a cause that's greater than anything this morning that often divides us. Oftentimes in the church, I'll tell you, what does, the, what does the Bible say about the church? Matthew 16, verse 18, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now hear me out. I'm not talking about doctrinal differences, all right? How can two walk together except they be agreed? The Bible says the church is the most formidable institution on the planet. See, how do you know that? The gates of hell can't prevail against it. That means we can't lose. He's guaranteed us victory. What is our problem? We can't get our act together. Together. Could I tell you something this morning? One of the greatest chances God gives us as his people is a chance to come together and be a part of the great work that he's called us to. But oftentimes we're kind of like a Frankenstein. You know the Bible calls the church a body. We got a hand over there, and we got a foot over there, and an ear over there, and a leg over there. You're not going to accomplish a whole lot if you're not all to what? Together. The Lord didn't give me a son, and I think I know why. When I was a kid, I was a son. I still am. And um, my dad had a lot of tools, he had a shed. And for that shed, my dad bought a lock to go on the door of his shed. Because in this shed were a lot of tools. And he's amen in this back there even now. My dad found that when he was out of town working, my brother and I would go into his shed and borrow his tools. My dad never understood all the wonderful things his tools could do that we found out they could do. You might call it a ratchet. I call it a hammer. Works. There was one time we were... We were trying to get some plastic off a piece of wood. We were trying to build something out of. And I says, okay, dad's got a belt sander. We just go grab the belt sander. <laughs> we're just chewing his tools up, burning them up. I, I don't know how many times we shot, we shot the, uh, the nail gun hoses to the floor. That's a horrible feeling, by the way. You just sitting there, pop, 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 pop. And you've nailed the hose to the floor. And then you do what everybody else does. You look around. Because even though dad's working somewhere, you know he can see you from there. And dad would come home and dad would say, all right, son, we're going to work on this today, work on the shed. He was building a shop out there in the backside of our place. And we're going to build this shop out there. And he would go to his shed and not have his tools. Say, where are they? And that's when you point to the younger brother. 
I told him not to, but he got out there and got them. And I don't know how many times my dad would say this, I have to go hunt down my tools before I can go to work. That's why God didn't give me a son, because if I reap what I sowed, I would have went insane. And my daughter, she doesn't want to mess with my hammer or my wrenches or anything like that. But boy, when you have all of the tools together, all the things you can accomplish. You know one of the greatest chances God gives us through his church? By the way, God works through his local church. One of the great chances he gives us is to come together and be a part of the cause for which he's called us to. You know what we miss out on when we miss church? We miss church, we miss out on an opportunity to come together and be a part of what God wanted to do. This week, I can't tell you the text messages that I have gotten on my phone this week from people texting me, this was so fun. I think what they were doing, you know what they were doing? They were inviting people to church. They were passing out cookies at the hospital, passing out goodie bags to people over at this clinic or maybe down at the, the fire department passing out meals. There was a magnificent spiritual fulfillment. Do you know why? Because they were doing what God put them here to do. There's no fulfillment. Let me assure you that this morning. There's no fulfillment like doing what God left you here to do. But you've got to take the chance to come together. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, I'll hurry. The Bible says, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ. Could I ask you this this morning? If the church, the Bible says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If the church is the most formidable institution on the planet that God desires to work through, what could he do in Hattiesburg if we just came together to be a part of the cause for which he left us here? Oh, I promise you, our town would look different. I promise you people would be different. Look, it's not their fault that they're acting that way. The problem this morning oftentimes is they haven't found what you found, which is what? Which is Jesus. What changed your life? I'll tell you what it was. It was Jesus. What does the church give us a chance to do? Number two, it gives us a chance to come together. Now, we know the story of the Good Samaritan. I'll give you this, and we'll move on to the third thing. You seem to be paying attention real good, so that lets me move on. Luke chapter 10, we know the story of the Good Samaritan. We know how the Samaritan came by and helped the gentleman that was stuck in the ditch, helped him up out of the ditch. By the way, you notice, he didn't even ask him how he got in the ditch. He didn't ask him if it was his fault. He said, there's a man in the ditch. You know what that is? Opportunity. Opportunity. But before the Samaritan came by, have you ever read what verse 31 says? The Bible says there was a priest about to walk by, and I want you to listen to how God puts the account of him walking by. Luke chapter 10, verse 31, the Bible says, and by chance, there came down a priest. By chance. Do you know, in Luke chapter 10, we could be reading the story about the good priest, but we're not. We're not. By chance, there came a Levite, the Bible says. We're not reading about the good Levite. Say, have you ever read the story about the good Levite? No, I haven't either. It's not in there. Why? He missed his chance. God says, here's a chance to be a part of what I'm doing. And the Bible says he passed by on the other side. Do you understand this morning the reason our world's in the shape it's in? It's because for too long the church has missed its chance to come together and be a part of what God left us here to do. Number one this morning, God gives us a chance to continue. Number two, the chance that God gives us, we ought to take it church, is a chance to come together. Can I tell you what the hard part about that is? A church is full of reasons to bypass your purpose. 
A church is full of reasons to bypass your purpose. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, it means a church is full of people. There's hundreds of reasons this morning in this room, and you're looking at one of the biggest ones, why to bypass our purpose and miss our chance because of people. Well, this person and that person and this person says this and that person says that, and we get our feelings hurt, but could I ask you this real quick, real quick. In the end, are our problems with people worth our purpose? Well, you know, I just don't like that tie brother AJ's wearing. What kind of socks are you wearing? Are those cheeseburgers? Looks like cheeseburgers. I don't like you ought to have cheeseburgers on his socks. I wore my Bob Ross socks today. Brother AJ says, why? I says, I wanted to have a happy little sermon today. <laughs> a happy little accident, you says, what that really is. No. If you look around this room, you'll find plenty of reasons not to come together. I don't like the way they looked at me. I don't like the way they talked to me or didn't talk to me. You'll find plenty of reasons not to. Okay, I promise you, I'll give you reasons. I hate it. I have to apologize often. I'll try to do my best to make things right. But understand, if you're looking for a reason not to be a part of the purpose, you're never going to come together. Watch this, if you will, real quickly. The third point's the shortest. Verse 42, the Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Watch verse 44. And all that believe were together. So verse 42, they're fellowshipping. Verse 44, they're together. Look at verse 46. They continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with what? Gladness. Brother Aaron, after I read that, I was like, surely they can't be Baptists. They're together, they're fellowshipping, and they're glad. They can't be Baptist people. How do you get a group of people from different backgrounds Different experiences, different trials, different ideas. How do you get them in the same room, number one, without them killing each other, but number two, to fellowship and be glad? Where they see the chance to come together is to be a part of a purpose, and that purpose far outshines any problem that may come along the way. Folks, if we would just decide this morning, you know what? Regardless of the problems, I'm going to take a chance at church. I'm going to come together to be a part of what God wants to do. So number one, what did he give them a chance to do? Number one, he gave them a chance to continue. You ought to take a chance at church to continue. Why don't you pick up where you left off? Number two this morning, take the chance to come together to be a part of what God wants to do. But then watch verse 47 and we'll close. Praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Oh my goodness this morning, can I tell you, the final chance that you really find through church is the greatest opportunity, really. Verse 47 shows us the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Undoubtedly, the greatest opportunity you'll find, boy, you can find it at this church. I'm so glad. Number three is a chance to count. It's a chance to count. Now, let me explain. Our church has a lot of opportunities, and I'm thankful for them. we got more ministries you can shake a stick at. It's hard to keep all the folks busy with all the different things we got going on because we have things going on all over the place. Young people got back last night from a youth rally. Uh, we have youth camps coming up this summer for them. We have a men's for Christ down in Gulfport, going to go down to that. Ladies have Bible study. We have all kind of opportunities here. But can I tell you, greater than the opportunities we have is the obligation we have. And you know what that obligation is? To bring people to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why we're here. Look, a church that's not winning people to Christ, 
I don't know that you could hardly call them a church. We've grown, we've grown lukewarm or we've grown cold. We've left our first love. Do you know why God left us here? This place that people walk in these doors, they have a chance to count. You say, what do you mean by count? Well, notice the Bible says the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You know, when God looks down from heaven, he looks at this room this morning and he sees two groups of people. You may be one four hundred quadrillionth, but you're either one of two things in the eyes of God. You're either here today and you're lost or you're saved. That's it. The greatest chance you can find in the church is the chance to be counted among the saved. He says, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts 4.19, neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. John 3, the Bible says you must be born again. That means when God looks down, he doesn't see people who are, you know, people half good and part good and, you know, just a little bit bad and those are really bad. He looks down and God counts saved, lost. That's how God counts. And oh, what a privilege it is to be able to stand behind this pulpit or our people go up and down the highways and hedges, the streets and lanes. I mean, out there at HubFest yesterday, giving out gospel tracts. You know what that was all about? Well, you can have more people in church. That's not what it's all about. It's more about making sure people know that when they're counted, they're counted amongst the saved. And could I beg you this morning, out of all the chances that you can get by coming to church, take the chance to be counted among the saved. Can I ask you, if you died right now, are you certain that you're going to heaven? If you died right now, are you 100% sure? The Bible, say, the Bible says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, not you might hope you have eternal life, but you may know. Wouldn't you like to know that? Can you imagine how good you'd sleep tonight? You know, that's why you're, you toss back and forth on your pillow. You're not sure. My goodness, these tornadoes come. I mean, what happens if the trump of God sounds? Am I going? You can know that you have eternal life, but it's only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If he would give you the opportunity this morning, would you accept him as your Savior? The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. I'm thankful my mom and dad made sure that I went to a church where I had the chance to be counted among the saved. You know, you don't hear a plan of salvation presented much anymore. Now, folks, I'm not saying we don't need to preach on grace every once in a while. We do, and I enjoy preaching on grace. One of my favorite topics. I'm not saying we don't need to preach on love every once in a while. We need to because some folks don't know how to love and need to learn how to love. But, oh, if there's one thing we must do here at this church is make sure we give everybody that chance to be counted amongst the saved. I remember first time I ever remember hearing the gospel preached I heard it a lot before, but the first time I remember was 1989. I was a nine-year-old kid on a Wednesday night in October. I remember walking up to my mom saying, what was that preacher talking about? Heaven, hell, and I was a decent kid. You know, I thought I was a decent kid. And wait a minute. He said that either you're going to go to heaven when you die or hell when you die. And if you're not saved, what does it mean to be saved? And went back to the preacher's office and he showed me, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means every person in this room, for all have sinned. Even the preacher you're looking at, the staff guys that are up here, preachers in our building today, for all have sinned. That's you and I. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. That means because of my sin, the payment, the price that I am called to pay is to spend eternity in hell forever separated from God. Man, I didn't like hearing that. 
But I didn't realize that in telling me that hard truth, I was about to be extended the chance to be counted amongst the saved. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, wait a minute, you mean not just good people, not just people from good homes? No, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that means die and go to hell, but have everlasting life. That means when you get it, you got it and can't lose it. Oh, so I am one of the all that have sinned, but I am also one of the whosoever that can call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says that God loved me so much, he sent Jesus down to live and die and pay for my sin, that I could be saved. I was thinking this morning what Isaiah 53 says. Listen to this. The Bible says he was numbered with the transgressors. Jesus was counted as the sinners were so that I could be counted amongst the saved. He wants to extend the opportunity to you today, the chance to be counted amongst the saved. Not a hope so, not a think so, that you know that if you pull out, you know, just the other night, my wife and I are coming back from a visit up on 49, we get to the top of the hill there where 98 intersects, lights everywhere, smoke everywhere, horrific accident, someone lost their life. You never know when you're going to pull out of this driveway and it will be your last opportunity. God says, I gave you the chance at church. I gave you the chance to be counted amongst the saved. Can I ask you this morning, have you ever taken that chance? God, if you'll give me the chance, I'll trust you today. God, if you'll give me the opportunity to be saved, I'll trust you today. Just a moment, we're going to have an invitation time, and you'll have that opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior. But if you're here today and you're saved, can I ask you this? You come to church, but just because you come to church doesn't mean you're continuing in church. You say, well, I come and I sit here three times a week and listen to you scream and spit. Just because you're coming doesn't mean you're continuing. Are you growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are you being built up? Are you under that remodeling project? This morning, I believe our church could do so much more in the Hub City if we just allowed God, watch, to prick our heart a little bit today. We receive the word and decide I'm going to continue. It's time to get back in the game, get back in the will of God and get to work. Or maybe, maybe today real quickly, maybe you come but you haven't come together. Maybe we let things keep us separated and divided. Look, I wouldn't let anything anybody said or how somebody else feels about me keep me from coming and being a part of what God left me here to do. It's time to take a chance at church. Take a chance to continue. Take a chance to come together. Take a chance to be counted. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed.